0: Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text this morning is our gospel lesson. Of course, we know that this is the continuing reading that we're doing this season of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, At the very beginning of our text, you recall that Jesus had sent out his disciples to preach repentance, and he gave them the authority to heal the sick and to cast out demons. And now the disciples return, and they report to him all that had happened, and they were really pumped. They had preached repentance. They had done miracles in his name, which is why his name was so famous that even King Herod had heard of him. And of course, there was again a crowd around all of them, coming and going, so much so that They could not even find time to eat. So Jesus tells them, it's time for a rest, fellas. Let's go and take some time off and rest. And so they get into a boat, and they start to sail away. When I was a kid, I actually had a boat. It wasn't like what you see being pulled behind on trailers. On cars down the road here, it was a little two-man rowboat, but I lived right beside a gravel pit that had filled up with water, and so it was about a lake about the size of the lake that's just right over here on 1792, not too far from us, but I discovered something. I discovered that if you get in a boat and you go out about 10, 20 feet from shore, It is so peaceful. You know why? Because mosquitoes can only fly about 10 feet before they have to land. You get out 10 feet from shore, no mosquitoes. Calm, comforting, peace. Now these guys, they were fishermen. So pole or no pole or net or no net. They had peace and quiet and rest, at least for the time they were in the boat. Jesus gave them this rest in a very ordinary way. Well, they land a ways up on the coast, but you see, the crowd could actually see them from the shore because they didn't get too far away from shore. And so word spreads, and by the time they land, guess what? Another crowd is there to meet them. But Jesus, instead of getting frustrated, he has compassion on them. And he begins to teach them. And it's getting on towards supper time. And the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Hey, Jesus, we're out here in the middle of the countryside. Well, it's beautiful and all, but there's nothing out here. Send these people away so that they can buy something to eat. And then Jesus makes a very profound statement to them. He says, you give them something fo- some food to eat. Can you imagine what was going through their mind? They thought, what? Do you think we can just go to town and buy bread for everybody? Like we have thousands of dollars on us? And then I'm sure they said the words that I've heard so many times in my ministry. We can't afford it. Does that sound familiar? So Jesus says, well, go and see what bread you have. So the disciples walk through the crowd and they find five loaves and yeah, these two small fish. Some inventory, huh? But Jesus says, have the people sit down. And so the disciples ask the people to sit on the fresh green grass. Jesus then blesses the food and gives it to the disciples. And they give it to the people. They pass it out, up and down, around and around, some more. And Everybody eats until they're full. And we're told that at the end here, even after the meal, they pick up all the scraps, and there were 12 baskets full. Twelve. Let me see. Uh, How many disciples were there? Twelve. They start out with this tiny little bit. They distribute to the people, and they discovered that their baskets are full still, even though everybody ate. And of course, we're told there were 5,000 men in the group. That's not counting women and kids. So what happened? The disciples, they're just ordinary people, and they were doing a very ordinary thing. They were passing out food. They're waiting on tables. Well, we eat every day. Some of us more than once. Some of us several times. It's hard to think of an activity that isn't more ordinary than eating. That's one of the challenges of keeping a house. Meals are so daily. You really never get done until you're thinking about, the next one. And how many of you now are thinking about what you're going to have for lunch? Well, it just never stops, does it? What kind of food were they passing around? Bread. Plain old bread. Oh, and some fish. But really, you can't get more basic than bread. So what have we got? We've got ordinary people, doing ordinary tasks with an ordinary food. It's hard to think of anything more ordinary, more run-of-the-mill. And then what happened? Jesus multiplied the bread. How did that happen? Where and when did that happen? The text does not really say. And that's the point. It's not about how Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. It's about how he fed them. Or did he? Now I'm sure you're thinking, well, pastor, wait a minute. What do you mean, or did he? Of course Jesus fed the people. Weren't you listening to your own sermon? Well, let's look at it again. The disciples wanted to send the people away. They wanted the people to go and buy their own food. The people should go and feed themselves. See, that was their plan. That was the disciples' plan. Let them buy food for themselves. But what did Jesus tell them that was his plan? You feed them. You feed them. Jesus didn't say, okay, I'll feed them. His plan was for the disciples to feed the people. But the disciples just didn't get his plan. In fact, if you study the Greek uh, carefully, you'll discover that they were actually mocking Jesus when they said, what, you should think that we should go to town and buy all this food? Like what? Are you crazy? We can't afford it. The disciples did not understand. By now you'd think they would have. They had just seen miracles. In fact, they had just come back and reported how they themselves had just done miracles. He'd just given them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And they, not he, had gone and done it. And then they come a-running back and telling him all about it and everything they had done. So now he tells them, you feed them. But they just don't get it. Why? What's the problem with the disciples? Well, in one word, it's unbelief. They just did not believe Jesus' word. They did not even trust his command. If they did, they may have had some questions about how they were going to do it, but they wouldn't have mocked him. They may have said, well, Jesus, we believe you, but we don't know how. Please, tell us how we can feed them. But they were still operating in unbelief. They were still blinded by their own unbelief. So blinded that they didn't even see What they did have. Jesus has to tell them, okay, take inventory. Go look and see what you have. And they bring him the bread and the two little fish, and he blesses it. And he gives it to them to hand out. Now they operate in obedience. We don't know from the text whether they're believing Jesus just yet, but they are at least willing to obey him. And he has them hand out the food to all the people. Do you see what's happening here? Jesus is the one feeding the people. He's the provider. In fact, the psalmist says, "...the eyes of all look to you, O Lord, and you give them their food." At the proper time, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. For we know that Jesus is the bread of life, and it's Jesus, not the disciples, but Jesus who is doing the extraordinary thing. He's multiplying the bread and the fish so that there's more than enough for all, so that the need of all is met. And yet, how is Jesus doing this extraordinary thing? He's doing it through his disciples. He did not change his plan. His plan was for them to feed the people. And now they are. They're the ones handing out the food. Jesus is the extraordinary God doing the extraordinary thing through ordinary people. The disciples aren't able to multiply this food on their own. But they sure can hand it out by the command and the word of Jesus. And they are doing the ordinary. But the extraordinary is happening. And you see, that's the way it is with god isn't it water is just plain water but at the command and the word of christ it becomes baptism and it does extraordinary things cleansing sins and giving life life building faith we have simple wine and bread but at the command and word of christ it's the life-giving meal of his body and his blood uniting us with him and with each other and imparting forgiveness and life and salvation. We have the words, Our Father who art in heaven. The simple word Father. What's more common than that? But at the command and word of Christ, those words become a prayer and bring us into the presence of the throne of grace just as there were more than there was more than enough bread god keeps doing the extraordinary from his extraordinary sacrifice on calvary but he does it in and through his church forgiving us cleansing us giving us life you the church You are the disciples. You are baptized. You are believers. You are followers of Christ. That's what a disciple means. One who follows the master's teaching. So you are the disciples. And we cannot do the work of Christ on our own. But by the word of Christ, he does the work. It's just done in and through his church, meaning you and me. We are ordinary people. We are an ordinary church in a rather ordinary town. But our God is extraordinary, who does extraordinary things through the ordinary, everyday means. We've been placed in our jobs and in our vocations. We've been commanded to do ordinary things. Husbands, love your wives. Children, honor your father and your mother. Obey those in authority. Pay your taxes. Everyday, ordinary things. But you see, when we do them by the command and at the word of Christ, extraordinary things can happen. We're no longer ordinary people. We become living epistles read by everyone around us. The light and love of Christ shines in and through you, and God's work is done. The disciples had their plan, and often we have our plans. The question, I guess, we need to think about is, Shall we follow our plan or his plan? God has done an extraordinary thing in you. He has called you, washed you, and made you his own. And having redeemed you, he is willing and able to do something extraordinary through you. He serves us and saves us but then he calls us to serve one another and a world in his name and by his name. We're ordinary people, but we belong to an extraordinary God. Ordinary people live around us. Ordinary people live in this community, but they are hungry, hungry for the truth, that Christ brings. They're hungry. And what does Jesus tell you and me? You feed them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for all that you've done for us. Graciously fill us with your Spirit that we may be able to feed your people. In Jesus we pray. Amen.